0: By his wounds you have been healed, for you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. It kind of sounds like Peter is telling us this morning that we Christians are to be doormats. Yes, doormats. You know what I'm talking about. It sounds like in our reading from the epistle of 1 Peter that Peter is telling you and me to become a bunch of doormats, passive and defenseless individuals. You know, Christians who perhaps allow people to wipe their dirty shoes all over us. We turn the other cheek and get hit on the other side. Now perhaps Peter is right. After all, Jesus did teach you and me to turn the other cheek and to do good to those who hate us. Or perhaps Peter, in our epistle reading from this morning, was still feeling a bit guilty for that night in the Garden of Gethsemane when he wrote these words. When he, remember, when he drew that sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. If you can recall, the night before Jesus' crucifixion, a group came to arrest Jesus in that garden, and Peter, well, he reacted impulsively, Yes, with an impulsive recklessness. He pulled that sword out of its sheath, and he set out to attack the whole entire group. Gotta love Peter, huh? However, Jesus rebuked Peter, telling him to put his sword back into its place. Now, regardless of Peter's exact motives, the point still remains for us today. It sure sounds like, this morning, that you and I are called to be a doormat, a small rug where people can wipe their dirty shoes on. Listen again to what Peter tells you and me in our epistle reading this morning. He says this To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made not threats. Indeed, no way of getting around it. We are told to follow the steps of Christ, his example, not to retaliate and not to make threats. But is this the same as being a doormat? That's the question. Is it the same as being a doormat? Remember that same night when Peter cut off the ear of that slave, that slave of the high priest, that one that was sent to help arrest Jesus? Well, that same night, remember that very same night, after Peter pulled that sword out and cut the ear off of that soldier, that same night, Peter was... While he was sitting in that courtyard. And then a little servant girl came up to him and said, You were with Jesus the Galilean. And if you can remember, to which Peter, to these words, he did not pull out a sword from his sheath. He did not bolster up his chest and be confident in saying, Yes, I am. But rather he denied it to everyone. Later, as Peter moved away from that courtyard to the gate, where two others saw him, they said this, This man was with Jesus. And again, instead of pulling a mighty sword from its sheath, while well, Peter, while well, he denied Jesus, even with an oath, shortly after his denial, three times, a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered what Jesus had said that Peter would deny Jesus three times. And then, following this remembrance, following the betrayal, we read in the Gospels that Peter went away. He went away and he cried and he cried. And he cried. So obviously, from what we know about Peter, I don't think we can conclude that Peter is telling you and me to be a weak doormat, someone who avoids danger, someone who ignores justice, someone who becomes an object of personal slight. And furthermore, from what we know about Jesus' rebuke of Peter, we're not called to be a sword-bearing, fanatical crusader. Now, dear friends, Unfortunately, much of our culture, and even much of the church, is like, well, it's like a pendulum, you know, a pendulum that swings back and forth between the extremes. It seems that in some churches, Christians are encouraged to be a bunch of, well, let's say it this way, a bunch of spineless, mousy doormats to everyone around them. Being a reed blowing in the wind, being a doormat, being, well, approving of everything, is foreseen and considered not to be detrimental, but a virtue. In these churches, Christians are taught to be overly agreeable, to be one who has sappy, sentimental thoughts of love, while never drawing a sword, never standing for anything. And tragically, in these churches, that popular sentiment that we've heard before is true. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. However, perhaps what is equally tragic is the other side of the pendulum when it swings to the other side. What is equally tragic are churches that swing in the other direction. You know, the churches that are quick to draw the sword. The kind of churches and individuals that put their trust in force, put their trust in weapons, put their trust in power. In these churches, Christians, while they're taught to be overly triggered, quick to retaliate, disagreeable. Living by the sword is not seen as a detriment, but as a virtue in these churches. In these churches, the words of Christ are still true for them. If you live by the sword, well, you will die by the sword. So what's the point then? The reading from the epistle of Peter is not stating that we Christians ought to go the way of, say, let's just say it this way, Winnie the Pooh, (laughs) To follow the example of Christ is not to be a good-natured, honey-loving Christian who is soft-spoken and timid. Furthermore, to follow the example of Christ is not to go the way of, let's just say, Dwayne Johnson or John Cena, WWE wrestlers. Following the example of Christ is not to be perhaps a lethal weapon of force that runs through a brick wall and demolishes everyone's enemies, with a swift kick or a five-knuckle shuffle punch. So what is Peter saying? What is he saying to you and me in our epistle reading this morning? Keep in mind, you're Jesus. When they called him every name in the book, when they called him every name in the book, he did not retaliate. Jesus was accused of being a deceiver. He was charged as a blasphemer. He was accused of being a rebellious, evil, inciter, and yet he did not return an insult for an insult. Indeed, he did not return an insult for an insult. Furthermore, when Jesus suffered injustice through his trial, that kangaroo court that happened that night after the Garden of Gethsemane, well, he did not threaten punishment and retaliation. He did not call down, get this, he did not call down wrath from heaven. He did not call down legions of angels to destroy the whole world, which I might add he could have done at that point in time. And so, to the point, Jesus was not some cuddly Winnie-the-Pooh honey bear, some weak and helpless and spineless doormat. And furthermore, Jesus was not some unhinged, power-hungry blockhead with a thirst for blood and vengeance. But instead, Jesus was humble. Indeed, he was humble. He was meek my friends, when the Bible talks about the meekness of Christ, when it talks about meekness and humbleness of Christ, it does not mean mousy. It does not mean mousy without a sword, but it means, get this, it means self-controlled and having a spiritual composure. My friends, we must not forget that Jesus was not helpless on that cross. He could have, again, he could have called down legions of angels. Instead, though, being spiritually composed, he willingly chose the cross. He endured the scorn. He went into Jerusalem on his own accord for you and for me. And unlike Peter, Jesus, he kept his sword sheathed. He kept his sword sheathed. And so, as a Christian, you are called to meekness, to accept opposition in this life. You are called to receive insults from the world. We should, in fact, expect it itself. We should indeed expect to endure irritations from the world. You and I are not. You and I are not to quickly pull our swords from its sheath to return evil for evil. But you are to remain, get this, steadfast, to remain firm. And furthermore, you are not to surrender your sword and roll over to become a doormat to everyone in this culture, in this world, everyone around you. Remember that Peter was condemned both for his irrational swinging of the sword and also at the same time his cowardly denial of Jesus the same night, the exact same night. Baptized saints, you are to have a spiritual composure in this life, to be immovable Yes, immovable with a hand on your sheath, your sheathed sword, while standing with complete calmness. But how is this possible? Unfortunately, as previously mentioned, much of the world and even well-intentioned Christians will either rage, they will either rage at wickedness by swinging the sword, returning evil for evil, or they will bow to the wickedness of this world by surrendering their sword, becoming a doormat. But not you. Yes, not you. You see, you know this day. We know this Easter season. We know that we have a good shepherd. We heard it in our text this morning that we have a good shepherd who is, get this, who is our guardian, the guardian of our souls. And your good shepherd is not some weak willed hired hand that runs at the first sight of any kind of threat of a wolf, of a hungry wolf, but instead, as we heard in our gospel reading this morning, your good shepherd, he gave his life, oh, he gave his life to protect and to keep his very own. And so the point is, if you have a good shepherd that guards your souls, what shall you fear? What shall you fear? And that is the key, is it not? Because you have Christ, you shall not fear, nor shall you be easily offended in this world of scorn, And so, baptized saints, stand firm this day with spiritual composure, having your sword sheathed. For your good shepherd was raised from the dead and sat at the right hand and is is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and authority. You belong to him, and he is your protector of your soul. However, since we must keep in mind that we do live in an often hostile world, we need to be not so naive to think that we should not be cautious with our lives as we live in this veil of tears. We must not assume that we are indestructible. We must remember that Stephen was stoned. We must remember that Paul was beaten. And the prophets of old, they were murdered. And so in times like these, if the money of the wallet could buy food and bribe a crooked gatekeeper to live another day, it was worth caring back in those days. If having a bag could be used to secretly transport Paul's letters, his epistles from church to church, well, it was worth caring. If having a sheathed sword could discourage an attacker, it was worth caring. And the same is true for you and for me today. Yet I might add without fear and without forgetting that you and I have a good shepherd, a good shepherd of our souls. Baptized saints, you are to be wise wise as a serpent, knowing your surroundings and the threats of this life, while being innocent as doves, perceived as harmless, while never forgetting the gospel assurance that you have, you have a good shepherd that guards your souls no matter what this life brings. You have a good shepherd. His name is Jesus Christ. You are his sheep. You are guarded by him in his name. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous Bright with thine own holiness Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsmynot.org.